1: up wizards fans welcome to another believe in wizards podcast i'm matt maderno he's troy This is uh gonna be a podcast about the wizards potential move to virginia i'm gonna call it potential for right now because not official official yet but uh troy just first off man most importantly how are you how you doing How's I'm doing
0: great, Matt. Like I'm glad that you invited me on to talk about this uh, very polarizing D.C. topic. You know, I feel like it's very rare that we we, we get the Venn diagram overlap of D.C. politics and D.C. sports uh, all in one. So it's great to come on and kind of shed some light on, on everything that's uh, processed over the last week.
1: Yeah, this is like real journalism almost. It's not uh who had the most points for the go go last night, so it's kind of fun to actually talk about something with like some real-world implications for a change.
0: Yeah, for uh, sure, for sure. You know, I had to do some deep dives, uh hit up some uh government contacts and and sources instead of just the the usual uh sports sources. So, you know, uh we 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 really dove into to to get into the bottom of everything that's going on.
1: I love that. Uh, so, before we get going, I obviously have to get our ad reads out of the way here. Brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their surfside hard iced teas, hard lemonades, hard everything. And the more I hear about this move, the more I just want to drink vodka. So, uh, it's a perfect sponsor for this one. Also, brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, UFC, tennis, NFL, everything you can think of. BetOnline continues to be the easiest and fastest way to place all your waiters, including live betting, on and uh, use your favorite casino and card games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join, uh, to join up, and our promo code BLEAV gets you 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, all right, Troy, maybe just start us off if anyone is listening to this and they've just kind of been buried with their head in the sand for a while here and they have no idea what's happening. I guess, can you just kind of give us the high-level overview from your perspective of – of what really is going on here, I guess.
0: Okay, so really, I guess it all started on Monday. Monday was the first day that we got like the kind of first leaks coming out about uh, the potential move of uh, the the Washington Wizards and the uh, Washington Capitals uh, leaving out of Capital One Arena, going over to uh, a a new complex, I guess you could call it, over in uh, Potomac Yard area of uh, Alexandria, Virginia. And then so there was this press conference that was announced on Wednesday, where uh, Ted says the uh, CEO of Monumental Sports and Entertainment, uh, he was uh, with uh, Virginia uh, Governor Yunkin, and they had a a press conference where they essentially announced a a partnership or a potential partnership uh, be, that that would allow the the Washington Wizards and the Washington Capitals to move to a, a new newly built arena at the at Potomac Yard. Uh, right above the potomac yard uh metro station and um and and that would include a, a whole new practice facility for uh the washington wizards um and, and it would also include i guess uh you know you know uh shops and and stores and just a pretty much building of a whole community uh around that area and i think that you know it, number one i think it caught Literally everyone by surprise, and uh, more, most importantly, uh, it caught uh, D.C. Mayor Mario Bowser by surprise. And so, I think that you know, when, when you have all of this information coming out, uh, you have people that are, are placing blame. Who's to blame for this? You know, is it is it, was it D.C. government's fault? Was it the mayor's fault specifically, uh, or, or was this you know something that Ted Leonsis just kind of um, you know took under his uh, his, his own free will? And, and, you know, I think that there's a combination of all of these different things, which I'm sure that we're going to dive into.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Thank you for kind of level setting for anybody who was new to this one. Also got a good amount of people watching this one. So if you're following us along in the YouTube chat, uh, first of all, appreciate it. Second of all, if you hit that little like button uh, on your YouTube stream, always appreciate that. Let's blow this one up and get a lot of eyes on it and make the Wizards uh, topical, uh, you know, or help make the Wizards topical with this convo. So we appreciate that. Uh, You mentioned the community approach, right? We're going to build up this kind of infrastructure around the new arena and have a little self-contained entertainment city complex kind of thing there. I think that's a really interesting one because we've heard the NBA talk about that that's a priority for their ownership moving forward. You know, just having an appreciating asset in an NBA team is no longer enough. You have to buy up all the commercial real estate in the area. Uh, you've even got some ownership like Joe Lacob in Golden State that's buying up residential real estate around his arenas. And you use the arena as a way to make the area more profitable. And if you already own some of the buildings in the area, then you've now uh, increased your revenue streams, you know, multiple different directions. And I I think that's really where they're trying to go here. There probably wasn't the same ability to do that in Capital One Arena. So this is strictly a rich guy doing this as an opportunity to get richer. I, I don't think that there's any like hey, the D.C. government didn't come through in the way that they could have. I, I think there was probably some leverage they probably needed to do, get the full offer they wanted. But this is really about the uh, opportunities beyond what would have been accessible to them in their current um, you know, location, in my opinion.
0: Well, I think with just a little bit of pushback on that, I think that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when, when you talk about the reason why they were coming to D.C. and asking for six hundred million dollars is because, you know, we have to start looking for Towards the future and start reimagining what that area around Capital One arena looks like. And so who's to say that, you know, there, there, there weren't possibilities to, to build up, you know, uh, that area and space around that area, especially when you have a lot of businesses uh, who were greatly affected by the pandemic, who weren't able to pay, you know, $20,000 a month uh, a lease uh, in order to, to keep their businesses open down there in Chinatown. You know, who's to say that you can't reimagine what some of those areas could look like if you were to get investment from uh, the city and from Ted Leonsis, you know, like when you look at the fact that, you know, Mary, uh, Mary Bowser, she ended up like all, setting her what she said was her best and final offer of five hundred million dollars like that. That money could have gone to, to great use in order to to build up around that area. And so, you know, I, I, I definitely understand that, you know, uh, it, 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 it will be easier to build from a blank slate like like they're like what Ted Leonsis wants to do in Virginia. But, you know, that the area in in Chinatown, like I said, could be very much reimagined to to, uh, all type of different purposes uh, that would be helpful for the community.
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely a a fair counter there. I I just I'm picturing like uh, even around Toronto, right? Like the NBA wants their first NBA owned, like basically like an ESPN zone uh, right near the Raptors Arena. And I don't know if that's happened yet or that's still being built or whatever, but. I'm just picturing Ted being another guy that thinks he can be at the forefront of these things. And that's been one of the things he's really hung his hat on is I was first on the e I'm first on the betting. Are we going to get a casino over there? Like, I I think I'm just picturing like Ted world, you know, uh, he's building up like his own little amusement park arena kind of thing.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, when you when you already look at it, like Ted Young says they already um uh, two seasons ago, they bought out the Green Turtle, which is underneath uh, the Capital One Arena, connected to it, and and put in their sports book. And I think that you know the the lack of success with that venture probably you know led them to believe that uh, you know investing more probably wouldn't work. But the thing is, you know, the the, the sports book. I, I think that there are multiple reasons why that venture uh, hasn't been as successful as uh, as Monumental Sports envisioned uh, when they when they first launched it. But like I said, like, I think that, you know, that working with that, there, there are all different type of, uh, you know, studies that, that you get from from the government, from uh, all different type of uh, uh, economic boards that would have been able to come in and, you know, maybe pitch different ideas that mm-hmm. thinking outside the box of things that, you know, not even DC government or Monumental Sports are thinking of as, as far as things that you can do with the commercial real estate around that area.
1: I just wonder like why you wouldn't have waited around long enough to do that and really done like a full like if they've done that on this Virginia site, why you wouldn't do like a full apples to apples between the two sites and and then at the end pick the better option for you. I think then you've given D.C. government a fair opportunity to make their best pitch. You've listened to both and then you decide from there. To me, I think there's something that was really driving this move to Virginia. I don't think this is a thing personally that just came together overnight in the last couple of days. I expect that this is something that's been kind of cooking for a while, or at least been bantied about between him and, and Virginia government uh, for for a bit because there's too many like rumored potential plans and things like that for this have just been like, oh, in the last week we decided this, we we learned from this. Like they would have had to make sure that this is a viable plan, I would hope. At least in some path, you know, before throwing this in next to the Virginia Tech campus and all those other things. And I talked to somebody that works at DOT about like years of like road studies they did before like building up Capital One and like all these things that took place just to pre approve that spot in a city. I'm sure some of that happened for these other things going in at Potomac Yard, but adding a 20,000 person arena is a pretty big deal there. <laughs> like that's not something that they were planning for. So there has to be some real economic incentive. If you're Ted, can you leverage more corporate uh, sponsorship and things like that? Like I don't have to care if I put regular fans butts in seats if I sell out a premium luxury box to Amazon. Like it, it offsets those things. So I don't know if they're seeing more opportunity there for some of this like uh, corporate partnership type stuff. Any Any thoughts on that, Troy?
0: Yeah, I think that's a perfect segue uh, when you talk about why there was no apples to apples comparison of renderings of what you could potentially do with the Virginia site as far as, uh, uh, you know, potential renderings of what you could do with the with the with the uh, Capital One Arena site. But I think that that goes to the impatience that that comes from uh, Ted Leonsis, who you know sits at the top of Monumental Sports. And I think that, you know, like he he really, you know, got the ball rolling and forced the issue. Uh, by by when, once his eyes started wandering uh, with the with the Virginia site, you know mm-hmm. I feel like there was almost no path to victory for uh, DC government and Maria Bowser to be able to to even compete with uh, you know the the offer that that that, that Virginia was making. And then, you know, to follow up with with something that you were saying, like, obviously, this did not just come together over the last week. You know, that these these type of things took months of planning, you know, to, to kind of finalize in, in order to to, you know, get to the point where they came to an agreement. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I don't think that they did the proper due diligence with every single aspect of this. So when you look at, uh, you know, the fact that the, the the Metro stop, the Potomac Yard Metro stop was just open uh, last week. The Monumental Sports never even contacted Metro about, you know, coming on to building a 20,000 person yeah. stadium on that site. Like, how do you not contact Metro about like if you're going to put 20,000, a 20,000 foot venue on that site? like that that station isn't even equipped to to handle that amount of traffic they got one escalator like that like would, just imagine like how brutal that's going to be and obviously you know this is something that's 4 years down the road so they're going to have to do major construction to to a, a metro station that was literally just built mm-hmm. but at the end of the day like uh v- metro is already going through budget constraints of their own and so you know they're, they're already getting having to shut down 10 uh, metro stations the, the lowest uh 10 uh ridership stations and of which this is one incredible. right?
1: Now. yeah exactly so, so it,
0: it, it's like it doesn't make any sense to me like if you're gonna uh, you know you know say how much uh, you know how much change this is going to bring but you didn't do the due diligence in order to to make sure that this is something that's even viable for the site that you are looking at.
1: I think that's been a big thing for me. It's just like, look, if you plan this out and this is the best move and you have every right as a as a business owner to put your business where you want. But when you've said, I'm gonna you know help build up the city and bring back the city and, and all these kinds of things, I think then you have certain more responsibility, right? This isn't just like you have to take those hits if you've gone out and taken the positive PR for saying that I'm gonna help revitalize DC in these ways then when you take a team from DC, you also then have to listen to the the inverse of that, right? I mean, like, I think this is fair criticism of Ted. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have the right to do what he wants as a business owner, but you have to hear those things back, right? If you take money for a practice facility, okay, well, when you when you just decide to pick up and leave, we're allowed to say that's kind of a shitty deal for the city. It just seems reasonable from my perspective, at least.
0: Exactly. Like, so, you know, I was there at the ribbon cutting for ESA in 2018, and where where, where Ted Leon said that, you know, he wanted to transform, you know, this neighborhood yeah. in, in Congress Heights and, and, and reimagine what that neighborhood would be like. Now, it's hard to imagine that, you know, they're going to be getting, you know, Chipotle's and Cavas you know, down there at that site because they Just have no one incentive. Popeyes. That's
1: it. Exactly.
0: That's it. They, they have no incentive to yeah. build up. Uh, the Congress height uh, site anymore because you know they're going to be moving all of the tenants out of the building and the fact that they allowed for DC to put to pay for 90 percent of the of, of the budget for building that site and all they did was pay for uh, I think it was a 4.4 million dollar payment of up upfront lease payment so they can you know what's 4.4 million dollars when you got two billion dollars waiting for you across the water. Yeah, and so yeah. to me, like it, it really shows like the, the, the lack of uh, foresight or the lack of care for, you know, the, the words that, you know, he's been saying over the last couple of years. It, it, it really it makes those words obsolete because, it's hollow. Yeah. yeah, it's very hollow because at the end of the day you know they, they they're not going to have any obligation to, to 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 invest in that Congress Heights area and so I think that you know they're, that really they turned into an, an ancillary victim in all of this uh not just with you know uh the Chinatown who you know that who is, is almost going to be devastating for 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 the Chinatown area to to not have uh 220 events a year coming through uh, downtown D.C.,
1: I saw a lot of like, oh, good for the Mystics to get moved back to Capital One Arena to get promoted back into the big arena. They moved them to ESA because it's better for them to have a full venue for playoff games and have 5,000 loud fans than a quarter full building for their game. So it was actually a better environment for them to play in. Uh, And this is just basically, we're totally uprooting from this facility that we had DC government, you know, put in all this money for us from. So I actually think that's worse. If they had left the Mystics at least, I would say like, okay, like maybe that's somewhat of decent stewardship or the go-go and the mystics will both be tenants here. You know, we don't want to totally uh, leave the city high and dry. Like th- there's ways that they could spin this back. And I've heard almost none of that from them. Like the only thing I keep hearing is like, we're doing this for the district. We're uniting the district finally by bringing Virginia more into the fold. There's no commentary of like, look, this wasn't ideal. You know, we're we're going to try to do these other things to offset some of our departure. I think you do have some responsibility of we took the city's money for stuff. We're going to try to do like at least a show of good faith on our way out the door. I, I don't know. It just seems like a total and maybe that'll come, but just a total ignorance of like, yeah, we kind of fucked the city on our way out deuces.
0: Yeah. And I think good faith is definitely the Turner phrase that I would use to describe uh, the relationship between monumental sports and DC government. And I felt like that, uh maria bowser and members of the members of the dc council thought that all along that they were operating in good faith with monumental sports when they were talking about when they were having the negotiations on uh the money that they were going to be able to give to to support this the renovations to uh capital 1 arena and so i think that when when you look at when 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 uh, Ted Leonsis came to them and asked them for six hundred million dollars, like I, DC really was not in the position to to be cutting blank checks like that, mm-hmm. and so you know I think that it they it, I don't think that there was ever a point where Mario Bowser and and the rest of the council said oh the, this is not something that we want to do. I think that That's it right. was always. Let's table these discussions uh, to a point in time where the city was in a better financial stability that they could be able to present a viable uh, plan and option. And so I think that at at all times, I felt like that the mayor and uh, the mayor and the rest of the council thought that they were operating in good faith with Monumental Sports. And they very much felt blindsided by the fact that Teleonsis came to them and told them that he had this $2 billion offer on the table from Virginia. And, you know, the, which kind of forced them to you know scramble at the last minute to put together the best offer that they could.
1: I've been trying to be as objective about this as I can. And I think that's getting harder and harder to do on, on things like Twitter. But I'm both... Very happy for the Virginia fans that this now became easier to get to Wizards games for and bummed for me personally. I think at the end of the day, all of us kind of care about what it means for ourselves and and our fandom. And this makes it tougher for me. I don't know why that was so offensive to people. And the most kind of like common response I got back was it's only five miles away from the new site. You'll get over it. And, And I think that's just a really... Um, I don't know, a nice way to say this, limited viewpoint of things, because that five miles in D.C. is is a tough stretch to make. And everyone's response back to that was, well, traffic is traffic. It's hard to get everywhere in D.C. It, it isn't the same. You're not throwing a 20,000-person arena into an area that was not built for a 20,000-person arena. When you're getting to Gallery Place, again, there were years of plans put together to make that as viable and accessible a site as possible. Maybe those things have happened on the back end enough here with this Virginia Tech campus and all these other things. Maybe they haven't. Maybe they will happen enough over the next four years to make it you know, reasonable to get to. Maybe it won't. I'm a little pessimistic about those things. I think it's going to be a shit show. Will they figure it out eventually? I hope so. I want to still go to games, but I think it's very like reasonable to say, at least in the interim, we should all be very skeptical that this doesn't just turn into a shit show. Even for the Virginia folks, if you live in that area, around where this new arena is going to go, you just got effed. Like you should be more mad than anyone else here. Like longer term, I mean, maybe it'll be great for you. But if you live there and you don't care about the Wizards, uh, you just got the shaft. Like I I don't know how else to say it.
0: Yeah. I mean, the traffic around that area is already some of the worst in in, in the DMV. And so now, you know, you're going to be looking at like, just imagine like uh, uh, LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers coming to town uh, on, a, on a day where, you know, like people are trying to travel out of uh, DCA airport. Like, I mean, you're talking about a total shit show yeah. when it comes to like the traffic and the logistics of it. And so I think that when you, when you say that people are having a limited scope, I think that it's borderline obtuse at this point mm-hmm. because when you look at, uh, you know... Uh, uh, Chinatown, Gallery Place, that Metro Stop, that Metro Stop is centrally located within the whole grid of the WMATA system. And so when you look at uh Potomac Yard, that's on the, 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 Trail end of the uh, blue and, and yellow lines. Like it, it's going to take logistically. Like let's say you live on on the orange line, you're going to have to go all the way into the city, then to come down and, and to, to just to get to the metro stop. It's not conveniently located. Like as far as being just on the so it's not just oh it's five miles away. Like just logistically, that like, it, it's 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 going to be like a lot harder to get to for people coming from all around the region. Yeah, and, and, okay. no, go ahead, Matt.
1: Well, I mean, Virginia fans are like, well, you know, you had your turn. Now it's our turn to have it easier, and, and that's great. And and I hope for my friends that are Virginia Wizards fans, I hope it is easier for you. Again, that's just the point I'm skeptical about. Is just will it actually be all that easier? And and I think in the short term, the answer to that is probably no. Uh, David Aldridge put put this out a uh, part of his article. He said, I couldn't get this in the column, but I'll remember when the Giants and the Jets moved. And the owner of one of the teams said words to the effect of, uh, I don't get the big deal. It's only 10 minutes further away. And Howard Cosell responded, true. If you have a helicopter.
0: If you have a helicopter. Like, I, mean, I love that's that. That's how I look <laughs> at this. Yeah.
1: So uh, I don't know. For folks that listen to this regularly, I work for the FAA. We're working on something called Urban Air Mobility. Google that if you want. It's basically electric on un- autonomous helicopters that'll take you to and from places. Maybe TED can contract those out for fans to get uh, from the Maryland side. Just yeah, uh, for
0: sure. Like, and I think that, like I said, like, like if you, it for, it's not more convenient for a Virginia fan. If you live in Tyson's corner, like it, it's, it's actually a lot more difficult for you to get to Wizards games now, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's added like 20, 30 more minutes uh, to your trip. And then you have all type of regulations with uh, with uh, the Metro and and the time factor mm-hmm. of, you know, they're going to have to be keeping the, the Metro open a lot longer, and which is going to be costing a lot more money uh, from, for, from the WMATA. And at the end of the day, Virginia hasn't even kicked in their fair share as far as being able to support Metro in the infrastructure that they need.
1: I hope that's where the hard line is drawn. Like, you can do this. You can do all these things. But- we're not going to do you any solids anymore in return. Like you have to be paying into the system in some way. Monumental, you have to, there's some cut for you. You want it open later, you pay later on all those extra days. And they may do those things already. I don't have enough insight to that, but those things better at least be happening, I think. And and you use, you know, to, to your advantage and, and get what you can from it if you're the city and and the uh, different organizations, the Federal Government Act, actually, you know. But the nice thing here, Troy, is the new site is still in the district. They're uniting the district because it is within the boundary stones. So uh, <laughs> we have, we have focused on the boundary stones this year. And uh, that's been a big thing. Let's see the city edition jerseys that uh, we saw the court last night it says district of Columbia on it. Do we think that this Jersey, like that's the conspiracy theory, right? This, this Jersey was planned out as a way to soft launch some of this for the district stuff. That's the, the hashtag for the years for the district. Did we know this was coming? Was this, this the foreshadowing with all this other stuff that they're trying to do to soften the blow here?
0: Well, I'll say this. One thing I definitely learned uh, when they launched the Cherry Blossom jerseys last year is that these things take uh, like years. multiple years in okay. order to, to to come to fruition. So I, I, I'm going to give them a pass on that and okay. say that the district, uh, the for the district jerseys and the court and all that, that, that stuff was probably thought of a few years ago. And so I, I think that, you know, that that them the thinking of moving the site uh, to Virginia, I think that that's something that probably uh, took place uh, within the last year. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I definitely wanted to touch on is like some of the levels of bureaucracy that comes with all of this. And mm-hmm. so like, when, when let's look at it, you know, both going uh, in the past and into the future. In the future, you know, there's still there going to be votes that are going to have to come from uh, Virginia legislation and Alexandria City Council in order for them to, you know, uh finalize this, but I, I want to take a take a step back and look at uh you know, we have certain DC politicians like you know Charles Allen and Jack Evans who you know you know took very much uh low low-hanging fruit opportunities yeah. to come jump out there on Mario Bowser and you know I, I have comments uh on that like you know, if Charles Allen, who was a D.C. council member, wanted the Wizards to stay in D.C. so bad, like he wrote all of zero legislation over the course of the last year in mm-hmm. order to help keep them in D.C. And so it, it's really easy for these politicians to kind of jump on Mario Bowser. You know, it, it's like Mario Bowser has a lot of political enemies. And so, you it know, a a thing to do kicking yeah. people while they're already down. Right. And so, you know, I, I think that when, when you look at the bureaucracy levels of this, like it, it really becomes a. Uh, you know, a, a bit of a, a very polarizing uh, point of contention as far as who's responsible for, uh, you know, this coming to fruition. And I think at the end of the day, all of this has to rely on Ted Leonsis because, you know, he is the CEO of Miami Middle Sports. And so it's his decision mm-hmm. as far as, you know, where he wants to, to, to put that team. And so I think that, you know, when you really look at, uh, you know, the potential votes in Virginia, I think that he may have uh, underestimated, you know, how easy it's going to get for this to, uh, to to pass.
1: It's been a lot of like, I don't understand why if we relied on this so much economically in D.C., they didn't prioritize it more. And they have other things on their plate. If you're Ted, your sole focus is to continue to make money for your money making operation. And just the the people that want to like like defend the billionaire owner so hard is kind of weird to me. It's always been, I wrote a piece about this a couple years ago that I know at least a few people in PR didn't like about how at the end of the day, all the wizard's troubles are Ted Leonsis's fault. Uh, stop blaming this particular player or this GM or this contract. It's, it's the person at the top. Well, he should get all the credit. He should get all the blame. Like at the end of the day, those things funnel up to you and, and the people that want to go out of their way, like what, has he really done to earn goodwill at this point? Like he hasn't built a winning team. I I just, you know, like if, if we were the the warriors or some shit and we had four rings in X amount of years, like, okay, I'll trust this guy. You know, he knows what he's doing. Uh, He, he can build a winner. He can be successful. He can do all this stuff. I I just, I I don't really understand. um, Like, I'm not saying you need to condemn him. Like I'm not even trying to do that. Like I kind of get it, but also like the, the need to go around and campaign on behalf on his behalf is just strange to me.
0: Yeah, definitely strange. Uh, I think that when you look at obviously from a capitalism standpoint, like it's easy to understand why he took more money, why he is doing this situation. You know, and, you know, this the, I feel like that that the Capital One Arena, uh, you know, which started out as the uh, MCI Center, which was built by a Poland, you know, the, it, it's totally different that, you know, he. Uh, you know, dedicated that as, you know, some of his life's work, some of his uh, most important work. And, you know, I, I had a quote in the Washington Post article from 1997 where, you know, Abe Polis said, you know, the thought of it brought tears to his eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the difference between, you know, an owner who is trying to be the steward of the community and an owner who is solely focused on the bottom line. Yeah. No.
1: Again, you, you, know- you can do that. It's just people have a right to compare you to the previous owner and they have a right to bring up your old words when, when you kind of don't live up to them.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, a part of that is is the reason why uh, Ted wanted to separate himself from that, Like he, he wants mm-hmm. to have his own, you know, vision, his own, you know, sort of, sort of new baby and, instead of, you know, continuing to build upon the vision of uh, a Poland. And so, but at the end of the day, like, I think that, that he has to take the criticism that comes with that. And that's the thing that I don't think people really understand. Or, you know, there's so much nuance that goes into this. And it's like, you can be mad at multiple people at the same time. Like, we we don't have to sit here and try to defend Ted uh, in in order to to, to say that maybe D.C. government could have, you know, stepped up and done things a little bit quicker. Maybe Mario Bowser was a little naive with, you know, her thinking that teleosis wouldn't stab her in the back as he did. You know, I I think that, you know, people who... uh, you know, have, have noticed like how, uh, teleosis and Miami Mental sports has operated over the last few years with how they treat, you know, their quote unquote DC family, you know, you, you look at, you know, what, what happened to Steve Buckhans and Phil Chenier, who, you know, felt like they got slighted and thrown out mm-hmm. on the, on, you know, on, on the, uh, on the lawn, you've John Wall and his exit from DC, Like you know, like, I think that, you know, people, are giving Ted Leonsis the benefit of the doubt when I don't think there's anything about his actions over the course of uh, his ownership of the Wizards that shows that he's earned that.
1: And people, again, can feel totally differently about this. They can say the way that Abe run, ran things was stupid. It was too mom and pop, and that caused them some trouble. Like You, you can also think those things and still feel like, eh, you know, Ted, taking plenty of money from the city, he did owe them a certain amount back, too. And I think at the end of the day, it was... Hearing out a full offer from them would have been at the very least uh, the thing to do and make like a fully informed decision. That's kind of what I keep coming back to here. Um, one of the comments in the chat here from the Notorious W, Troy said that uh, some rumors that maybe they changed the name back to Bullets. Anything about that that you've heard so far? Do we think that's realistic? I personally don't. But
0: No, I don't think that they will change the name back to Bullets. But I do think that it's possible that we could have a reimagination of of what the the franchise name could be. It could be, you know, uh, a new name that's not Wizards. You know, I think that that is something that that could be on the table. But I don't think under any circumstance that the name would go back to uh, the Bullets.
1: Yeah, same. I think that'd be too much middle fingering, Abe, the person you took over from. If if you're Ted, if that was what he was kind of staunchly against.
0: Yeah, like a, a, a Poland like literally said that, you know, like that that he under no circumstance wanted the name to ever go back to bullets. So, you know, I, I think that the the PR, the bad PR from that would just be a little bit too much for even Ted Leonsis to swallow.
1: I think the branding though will lean even more heavily into this district stuff. Like we will see DMV this, district that, like uh, all of the things they can do is uniting the DMV will will be the na- the hashtag for next year. Probably. Like, I, I think that's what we're going to see more of even if they don't change the name.
0: Yeah. But I, I mean, I do find it very ironic that, you know, last night they unveiled their district court and, yeah, you know, that the hashtag for the district, like yeah. I, to me, it it, it just honestly, old district. It, yeah, it's, it just seems all of it seems disingenuous. Like yeah. the, the fact that, you know, that, that, they're doing all of this. It, it just doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem like they have taken in consideration the feelings of, you know, the, the fans and the people who are there to support the team uh, mm-hmm. before they did all of this.
1: <laughs> uh, one thing, just kind of the encore product. I, I've made this statement and gotten a little pushback to it. So I want to get your take on it. I think this definitely puts a clock on their rebuild. Just hearing some of the inner workings uh, in both San Francisco and, uh, with what the Clippers are doing with their new arena, there were mandates from those ownership groups to those front offices. Like we will be good when these new facilities are opened. And Ted has been the, we will never, ever tank banging your fist on the table guy. And he softened that for right now. I wonder if that timing plays into that at all, but ultimately they're not going to go into a new arena bad. And I think they'll want to be good prior to going into those new arenas because, 2 years in advance they're selling those corporate suites. They're locking people into multiple year deals. They're lining up all the season tickets. They want a full building when they open. So if you're opening in 2028, I would expect by 2026 they want at least a product that shows signs of life. I'm not saying they need to be a title contender because we can't seem to build that here with 30 years, but <laughs> this is not going to be a 15 win or a 20 you know somewhere 15 to 25 win team in 2026. Like this is put a timetable in front of Michael Winger and Will Dawkins, I think.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that there's pressure on the new front office to uh, make sure that the on-court product is, uh, you know, up to a certain level by the time that this new arena is going to open. And so then, you know, it, it, I just sat here and thought about, you know, uh, you know the past, some of the things that have happened over the last year. I think that you have to look at when they you know uh to some surprisingly fire Tommy Shepard over the summer that maybe that they already knew that they were getting ready to win and they weren't uh happy with you know the path that they felt like Tommy Shepard had the, the the team on like to mm-hmm. me you know and I think that when you look at uh you know some of the statements that uh Ted Leonsis has put out when they fired Tommy Shepard about you know them not that there being a lack of a vision as far as you know some of the moves and stuff that he was making, and you know, I think that you they, if they were already considering making this move to Virginia, then I think that you know a lot of that decision probably played a factor in mm-hmm. why they 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 fired Tommy Shepard and brought in uh, Michael Winger and Will Dawkins. And so you know, I think that this, this definitely puts a lot of pressure on the new front office to 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 try to put a uh, product on the floor that you know, like you said, they don't have to be in championship contention, but I think to at least be in playoff contention, you know. You know, I know that 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 Ted Leonsis loves uh, playoff gates, you know, uh, or uh, even a play-in gate, and so I think that you know his expectation is that you know he's going to be able to to receive some uh, ROI, return on investment, on uh, this, this 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 project. And at least that's what he envisions,
1: and there will one hundred percent be a press release about how much more money they made the first year of the new stadium, when they have a 40 win team that makes the playoffs compared to like this year's team. Like that'll be something that they absolutely like beat their chest about It's like, Oh yeah. See how much better this was for us economically and how many more fans came through the doors and how much better attendance was like, they will absolutely take credit for that and ignore the context of where the team is in terms of their rebuild.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and then even just beyond on the court, uh, uh, being uh, a part of the return on investment, and uh, and as far as how they're able to make money, we have to start looking at things like uh, the regional sports network and what's mm-hmm. going on with, with with monumental sports. You know, they they just invested a lot of money uh, mm-hmm. in buying NBC Sports Washington, and I think that uh, what kind of went underreported uh, with this new site is the fact that you know they're going to be having their monumental sports studios yeah. over there, and so this all plays a factor into. You know, it's empire why, building, exactly. Yeah. It's a why yeah. to why they're the to what they plan on building. But I think that you know they're taking a lot of gambles with this because you know I don't think there are a lot of people who are you know dying to pay uh, Monumental Sports nineteen ninety nine a month to be able to sign up for their streaming service. Yeah.
1: Not for this team uh, now. If they're all of a sudden good, I think. You know, the capital showed that, right? Like if you build a winner, people will suddenly give a shit here and that'll sustain for a while. So, um, hopefully if you're a wizards fan, this is good news for you that, okay, well, they're going to like strongly invest here because the money they put into the team is more than just ticket sales. It's, it's building up the streaming service. It's, it's all these other things, your regional network to more people further out into Virginia, all of a sudden give a shit about the wizards. Uh, like I, I think that hopefully there's more incentive for Ted to put some money into the EnCourt product, and and we'll see what that looks like. Will he actually want to pay the luxury tax now, because he can offset it with all of the extra, uh, you know, economic returns he gets here?
0: Yeah, and I think these are all questions that I think that a lot of people would have for Ted Leonsis, but Ted Leonsis didn't even <laughs> have the courage to to <laughs> answer questions at the press conference after after they uh, made this announcement, and yeah. so I think that this all goes back to. You know, uh, just just what it means to be a steward of a community and the responsibility that you have to have in order to to have a, a line of communication, not only with the people that you are in uh, partnerships with, but with the with the fans and the media and, and others who you know want to who know exactly what it is that's going on. He doesn't even feel like he has the responsibility to answer those very viable questions that that you're asking right now, Matt.
1: It's. It's been really interesting to see the coverage of this. I think locally, the coverage has been more positive than negative. And nationally, I think it's been more negative than positive uh, on just the idea of a move. That's my take of it, at least. Obviously, I'm in my own little echo chamber of who I follow and what shows up on Twitter and things like that. But I guess what's your perception of it been so far, Troy?
0: Well, I think that the national coverage has been uh, really negative because a lot of people have a better understanding of what it takes to be successful uh, in the sports business, more so than, you know, what, what Ted Leonsis has demonstrated over, you know, his tenure as the owner of the Wizards. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at, uh, you know, uh, I was, I was watching uh, PTI and they had Brian Windhorse on and he made some very interesting comments where he was talking about, you know, forget, you know, Ted is not uh, talking to uh, the Metro authority board. He didn't talk to the NBA about this you know, what What does Adam Silver feel about, you know, uh, the NBA, which is a very much urban sport. And you mm-hmm. we've had over, we've seen over the last 20 years, like literally most of NBA teams moving from the suburbs back into yeah. downtowns and in cities all over America. And now the Wizards will be the, the only team that will be zagging while everyone's zigging and moving from the inner city back to the suburbs. And that's something that I think that, You know that that there should be studies done on that. And as far as uh, is it economically viable for for uh, NBA arenas to be uh, in downtown, uh, you know, situations as opposed to being in the suburbs. And I don't think like like Ryan Winhorse said, I don't think he even checked in with the NBA to to, to see, you know, how they felt about this move.
1: I think that's a sounds like a very Ted thing, just like my team. Fuck you. I'm going to put you where I want. Uh, just real quick, uh, if you're still checking in here and you're in the uh, YouTube chat, if you could hit that little like button for us, we always appreciate that. want to blow this thing up so more Wizards fans see it and keep the conversation going here a little bit. Uh, one of the other things I kind of wanted to touch on here a bit, Troy, is just I've seen a lot of, it's become like a DC Maryland versus Virginia thing and everybody's sort of like at each other about it. Like, I don't give a shit if someone in D- in Virginia is happy that the move is maybe going to be in their favor. I'm, I'm happy for them. Uh, but I've seen a lot of people tweet out, like, there's this, everybody in D.C. and Maryland hates Virginia, but it's one-sided, and no one in Virginia hates D.C. Uh, but I've seen a lot of people from Virginia tweet, thank God we're moving the team out of the slums. So I just want to comment on that. If you're from Virginia, that's a perspective of a Marylander who works in D.C. every day. Uh, that's how we're feeling about it is that you're shitting on the area that, that we like and care about. So that's the perspective. So, uh, maybe you don't see that as not being one-sided, but I just want to throw that out there for, for folks to think about a little bit here, but it's this notion of gallery places, this total unsafe wasteland. I'm again, I, I work a five minute walk from the arena, maybe seven, if I'm moving a little slow after lunch. Uh, I've never once felt unsafe there personally. Again, this is only one person's experience, you know, as somebody who's been attempted mugged twice somewhere in the city in the last 15 years, it was never anywhere near gallery place. So I I just, I don't, I don't like it being like, yeah, shit got run down in the last couple of years since the pandemic. Yeah. Business is closed. Yeah. It's not as nice as it was. It's not an unfixable thing. And it also doesn't make it this like post-apocalyptic shithole either. So like, let's not take it too far with the narrative here.
0: Yeah, I think that the narrative is really running rampant. Uh, you know, when, when when you look at the uh, uh, shout out to my guy, Aaron Rupar, who, who tweeted yeah. out a, a Fox News graphic where it pretty much uh, painted it as, you know, uh, th- that the teleosis is taking his team and leaving a crime ridden city. And I think that now we're really getting into like a lot of conservative talking points where, you know, they like to attack uh uh, urban, uh, decay and like to attack a lot of democratic mayors who are in cities and, and say that they don't have control over crime. Mm. And it's like, okay, number one, uh, DC, the crime that's around that the crime that's in DC right now, I know that it's not like it was uh pre pandemic, but you know, it's like people are saying that it's the worst it's been in their lifetime. That's like completely false. Like, like it's, it's not a, as high as it was, you know, when they first moved to the arena in 1997, yeah. And I think that you know, if, number one, you if, if you're too scared to walk a hundred feet from the metro exit to the to the entrance of Capital One Arena, then maybe like coming into the city and going to sporting events isn't for you. Like that, like let, let, let's just start there. And then, like secondly, I think that you know the the, the crime that you know is, is pretty much overstated. But you know, I saw yesterday where you know had you had the uh, the Clyde Restaurant Group who tweeted out that they had been reaching out and in communication with the city. Mm-hmm. On on trying to get you know more police presence down there, and they said that they were satisfied with uh, with DC and how they answered that uh, and, and the plan that they were going to put into place, you know, to, to keep that area a little bit more safe or to ramp up the the police presence in that area. And so, like, I think that you know th- this is all a, a line of communication, and it has to be made. You know, and there's give and take that has to be made on both sides. And if you know if, if teleosis didn't really give. Uh, the city a, a a chance to, you know, really present a concrete plan as to how they were going to improve that area, then I think that it's a little bit unfair for him or anybody else to suggest that crime is the reason why they were, why they made that move.
1: I saw a lot of people focus on the fact that, uh, I guess it was reported out, leaked out, whatever, that the city used to provide 27 dedicated police officers for every game at Capital One Arena, and that suddenly dropped to three. And that's part of the challenge here. I, first of all, I don't buy the three number. So I, for for folks, a lot of times arenas and facilities pay their local law enforcement branches for those services. And and the city was probably just saying like, this is all we're giving you for free. That doesn't mean that there weren't cops at Capital One Arena. As somebody, honestly, I'll be very honest. I love the Wizards' Death. I have gone to very few games this year, and that's just been a partly scheduling thing on my end and stuff too. But I've gone to a couple Georgetown games. Now I see 25 cops every time I'm there. So it's not like it's this like lawless, again, wild West environment. It's just somebody else is footing the bill. And, and uncle Ted doesn't like that. I think
0: shout out to you, Matt, for using logic and reasoning in this situation. Like, yes, if that's, if, if Ted Leonsis wants 50 cops down there, then he's a billionaire. He should fit the bill for that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, like to me, like to like a lot of this is, is, a lot of the stuff that uh, is coming from uh, from TED is what I like to call—I'm coining this phrase right now—is billionaire bully ball. I like it. Too. You know, and it's like you have a responsibility to 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 pay for some of these things, and instead of you know trying to invoice all of it to the city, like yeah. I, I just don't understand how other people don't view that.
1: It just goes back to that same point about I don't know why we try so hard to defend a guy that doesn't hasn't really done a lot to deserve the goodwill here. It's monumental. puts something out and, and leaks it through their reporters that, you know, that are are um, linked in with them. And it's like, here's why we had to move. The city screwed us. And everyone was like, oh, definitively, the city screwed them. And the city says something. It's like, well, we don't trust government. So the city sucks anyway. So it's just the, the PR spin is always going to be more positive. Uh, from from his perspective and and that's fine again you can take whatever side you want I, I think all we're trying to say is it's a little more nuanced there's plenty of blame to go around here for this thing and at the end of the day it just sucks for the city I, I think it's like okay to just think like alright you know people of DC get screwed here a little bit the end
0: yeah no, I think that you know, well, shout shout out to you know Monumental you know, Sports for going out and 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 buying the media so that you can PR spend whatever it is that you want. Like when yeah. you go out and you buy the the local media stations, like you you have the ability to put out the narrative that you want. And so I think that this, there's something that you said though, like the people of DC are getting screwed in this, and it's okay to to you know kind of mourn that for a little bit right. before we you know go around just carrying the water for billionaires.
1: Like, okay, cool. If you put in uh, some baller restaurants, like I'm 40 pounds overweight, I clearly like to eat. If you put in some <laughs> some cool uh, gourmet restaurants next to a brand new fancy arena, I'm going to like it. Like I mentioned, I've been to the Chase Center a couple times. There's like gourmet sushi being served up by a, like a prestigious San Francisco sushi chef in the, the arena. Like that'll be cool stuff. I'll like that. But until then, I'm going to think it kind of sucks. Like I'm just, I just, I don't know why that's like so hard for people. To just give us a couple of days to be like, damn, this blows. This was a cool thing for a lot of us in the same kind of general age group. This is where you've known the arena. This is your fan experience. Nostalgia is a huge thing. The same way I listen to everybody talk about all the old old guys talk about RFK Stadium and all this bullshit. Like, let me talk about Capital One Arena that way. I, I'm not going to try to tell you how to be a fan. You just, you mind your own business. If you don't like what I have to say about it, scroll past it. Don't log in. Like, Whatever. Uh, but the the notion of like I'm I'm just so offending someone because like I'm bummed out by it is just fucking crazy to me. Just mind your own business.
0: Yeah, no, I think we definitely have the right to be sad about uh, the the exit, and you know I, I think that we have the right to be uh, skeptical about uh, the 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 optimism that everyone else has about what the what this new situation is going to bring.
1: Just thinking about the, the front office super team that they put in place here, you've got Michael Winger coming over from Clippers team that's been preparing for this move uh, out to Englewood for a couple of years now. You have Travis Schlenk that was in San Francisco uh, at the time of the planning for the move from uh, Oracle Arena to Chase Center. And then you've got a guy in Will Dawkins that's been in Oklahoma City for a couple of years and, and they've gone through through their own kind of uh, metamorphosis with what their facilities and their arenas look like too. I, I'm just curious if, if you think there's probably any. I don't know that would point to them having this in mind when they made some of those moves, but I don't think it's a total coincidence that all these people have been involved in, in changing of an organization and a foundation and things like that in the past.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think it's a total coincidence at all. You know, I think that, uh, when, when you look at, you know, uh, especially, uh, Dawkins and, and winger that, you know, they, they've come from situations with the Clippers in Oklahoma city who are, you know, in very similar situations as the wizards, as, uh, you know, the Clippers, they don't, they're not in a small market, but they're the little brother to the Lakers in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for, for them to make that move to Inglewood, you know, I think that, you know, that that's something that was very much needed uh, for, for the Clippers to kind of separate themselves from, from, from the Lakers. And I think that winger, you know, him being able to bring that experience was definitely something that probably went over very well in his job interview with Ted Leonsis. And so, uh, and then when, Mm -hmm. with Dawkins, you look Mm -hmm. at Oklahoma city, you know, I think that he probably looked at what they just did. You know, the, another billionaire bully ball tactic. Like mm-hmm. they they just stuck up their uh, constituents for uh, I think nine hundred million dollars to build like, yeah. a new arena because at the end of the day, they can always threaten, "Hey, we well, get ready to leave." Yeah, and go so back to Seattle. Right. <laughs> exactly. So that's that's something that you know I think that not not to say that that Winger and Dawkins, uh, you know, specifically were brought on because of their expertise on, you know, uh, moving, but I think that, you know, that, that they're there, they were brought in because they probably were a little bit more pragmatic and, uh, the way that they view things from uh, a 30,000 foot view, uh, more so than what Tommy Shepard was doing while, while he was here.
1: Yeah. It's not just scouting and an old school basketball guy. These are people that get like the business end of it too. Um, exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> I, I mentioned the chase center a couple times here. Again, just that's an area I go a decent amount. So I've got some familiarity there and I saw a couple tweets of, well, the Warriors did this and it moved from Oakland to San Francisco. And they it moved worked to out a bigger though.
0: city. Like that's, right. Like, right. they didn't move to the suburbs. They moved from a, 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 a mid-size city to uh, one of the most major
1: cities in the United States. <laughs> also the, the people of Oakland revile that move. So it's, like using this as a shining example of like, look how great it worked. It's like well, it worked out great for you if you work, uh, you know, off the Embarcadero in San Francisco, but if you live in Oakland, you got effed. I mean, so it's just people don't like it when you change their routine and it impacts their fandom in a significant way. And that's even worse for them. That's a way worse trip or commute for the people of Oakland. But if you've ever been to Oracle arena, it's a shithole and there's nothing around it. And those facilities they've wanted to move out of for a long time for that reason. So, um, you know, there you go. And Sam Hershey said uh, the Warriors also spent all their own money entirely privately funded. I think that's a really interesting point to make here, too. Like other people weren't footing the bill for for a lot of this stuff as well.
0: Yeah, no. I, and I agree completely. Like, you know, the people, the, the the residents of Oakland, you know, they definitely got screwed in all of this. And, you know, they're they, those Oakland... uh the, the Oakland, D.C. relationship probably has just grown stronger because those, those are our brothers now. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. we, we, we're pretty much in the same exact position. And, you know, I, I think that the, there's so much bureaucracy that goes into all of this. And I don't think that, you know, that 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 those that Taylor really cares about uh, how it uh, has affected. Uh, you know, the D.C. high will affect the D.C. residents, just as I don't think that, you know, the, the Lake Hill family uh, cared about how it affected the Oakland residents. You know, th- this is at the end of the day, these are billionaires who are going to always be more uh pressed about their bottom line than they are going to be about, you know, what what the little guy feels.
1: Yeah, 100 percent agree. And, and for the people that have said, like, well, it was terrible to get to Capital One Arena. There was never anywhere to park. I'm going to let you in on a little tip for the next five years here. There's this app called spot hero. If you go to it, you can find one of hundreds of parking garages within a two block radius of the arena. There's one right next to the library. I always use if I don't walk up from work, it's $10 per game. So don't steal my garage. But uh, if you think that's somehow going to get easier at Potomac yard, I I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but I think you're in for a rude awakening here. That's that's they're talking about shuttles from the airport and stuff like that. Like, Good luck flying in and out of that airport now.
0: Yeah, I think people are really underestimating like how much like it's going to be a a clusterfuck uh, when it comes to the logistics of uh, everything that's going to be surrounding the Potomac Yard area. Like the the traffic to get there is going to be crazy. The parking around the arena is going to be crazy. The, the 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 metro trip to get there is going to be crazy. Like it's not going to be as easy as people think. And I think that, you know, this is more of the reason why we have to really keep a close eye on, you know, how the Alexandria residents are going to feel about this and how Alexandria, how the city council is going to potentially vote on this. Because okay. at the end of the day, uh, this is a potential partnership. Okay. Nothing is set in stone. And and I put this in, in, in the article that I wrote on my Substack is that, you know, it, it was easy for Ted to take the money and run. But don't be surprised if he has to walk it back.
1: that's a perfect segue and where I wanted to kind of wrap this up here a little bit and folks in the chat again, do me a favor hit that little like button and subscribe. If you like what you're hearing also Uh, appreciate Troy's time. Uh, Again, the article is great. I will put the link to it uh, in the episode description for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. And also tweet this out again with the rest of the article. um, Troy did a great job there, but I I think you ended it with not every Alexander resident is as enthusiastic about the arena being built as there would, uh, as it would make already bad traffic city uh, borderline unbearable. Yes. uh, Right. Like the people there have some say in this and if their representation is good and they complain loudly enough, it it could fall through. I guess, one, what do you think the odds of that happening are? And two, if you're Ted and you now have to go back to the city, how do you. I mean, the city will take you back, but uh, it just seems like that's that's a burned bridge to some extent here of uh, like, how do you how do you take that back now and take the PR hit of like, oh, well, it fell through. Whoops.
0: Well, I think that that was a part of the reason why Mario Bowser made sure to make that offer so that, you know, that if they do have to come back, that there is an offer on the table. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like, he's just going to have to take the PR hit from that. And, you know, his reputation will never be able to recover from that. But at the end of the day, like, that might be the the safety net that he needs to save his bottom line. Mm -hmm.
1: Do you, do you, like, I think this is probably going to go through. If I've already a betting man. I would think that the odds are very strongly that they end up in Potomac yard in five, six years, whatever the case is. Uh, where, where would you going to put this?
0: I, I'd say it's probably like 75% uh, chance that it will go through, mm-hmm. but 20, when, when you think about this it's and big, from, yeah. from a, from a political standpoint, 25% is a lot, mm-hmm. like as far as a chance that it will not be able to go through. And so I think that, you know, that, that he and you know his staff of people who are working on this at Monumental Sports, they have a lot more work to do. Like this isn't over by any stretch of the imagination. And he should hope that you know that there aren't uh DC uh, lobbyist groups who come together or or like if 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 there were to be a a, a United DC uh Washington Wizard fan front to to come and start lobbying out to to Alexandria city council to, to, to vote against this. Like he should be hoping that people aren't uh, mobilizing on a grassroots level against this because he's going to have a lot more problems on his hand than he even realizes.
1: Yeah, I think you're hundred percent right. Uh, Just to end this on a lighter, happier note here. uh, Let's say they do end up moving. They do work it all out. Logistically, and everybody ends up liking the new site and they have potentially a young star in the making to headline this building for them. Bilal Gulbali looks like he's going to be good as shit at basketball. He might already be good as shit. Like that might be an acceptable moniker at this point. Uh, Troy, I'm just so excited about this dude. And this is like, I saw last night's result and I was not watching in real time and had to go and watch early this morning because I just needed to see everything he did. And I went back and I kind of rewatched all the like actual possessions where he had the ball. And I'm just, he's already like a slightly enhanced player from the start of the year. It's a lot of growth in 25 games or whatever. Uh, where he could be in five years is just like it's the most excited I've been about a young player here in a very, very long time.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, regardless of whether they're playing in D.C. or Virginia, the poster that hangs outside of whatever arena is going to be a big nice one jump. of Bilal Kulabali. Oh, and I think that, you know, you, we have to give a lot of credit to this this front office uh, because they hit a home run with this pick. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like the NBA is is predicated on having that star wing player. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy who is showing uh, that he has a lot of potential to, to, to become one of those guys. And at the end of the day, like people thought that it would take a lot more time for him to develop, you know, since that, you know, he was, uh, you know, he, he only got moved up at, uh, you know, halfway through last year with the Metropolitan 92. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that, you know, with him only being 19 years old, that people thought that, you know, that his floor would be a lot lower than what it is. But, you know, he's uh, establishing a baseline of a player who, you know, th- this guy, this, the sky is going to be the limit for what he can do on the basketball court. You know, I'm so impressed with, you know, just number one, like, the fluidity with which he, you know, yeah. demonstrates his, his ability to move around on the court. Mm-hmm. You know, his instincts, both offensively and defensively, that he's always in the right place at the right time. His confidence that he exudes. His ability to finish both around the rim and with his shot. Like, you know, he he's checking all of the boxes as far as uh, potential star players in the making.
1: I don't know if this makes sense. It's not like a technical basketball term here, but his movement just seems so deliberate. Like when he does something, it's always with purpose and and with as few wasted steps or wasted motion as possible. He's economical. I I hate the Kawhi comparison. I'm not saying Koulibaly is Kawhi, but like Kawhi is the ultimate that guy of like, I am all business. Everything I do here is with purpose. I, I feel that way about Koulibaly so far.
0: No, for sure. Like, I think there's so many times when you watch him or when you watch other young players who come into this league, you know, let's say they, they might get a steal and they come down and, and they'll smoke the layup. Like, Bilal Kulabali, he comes down, he's going to position himself to get directly to the realm and then he's dunking the basketball. Like, that's the thing, like, that I think that really separate. He he has uh, such command over how he moves on the court and uh, he has a very good a spatial awareness as far as where he is in relation to uh, where everybody else is on the court. That really allows him to, 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 to be dominant in a physical sense. And this is coming from a guy who hasn't even grown into his grown man body yet. Like, I think the sky is the limit. Like I, I'm going to stop making the Kawhi comparisons, you know, or the Giannis comparisons. Right. But I think that this is a, this, this is a guy who I think that, you know, Wizards fans can be very excited about.
1: The one thing I will say for everybody is great as it's been uh, sometimes growth is not linear. So he's made a, a lot of positive uh, developments already. If he doesn't take another crazy jump or two by the end of the year, like, let's please be patient with this one player this one time and just like give him a little while to kind of uh, evolve into his final form here.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, we as Wizards Media have an obligation to, to start getting the Bilal Koulibaly first team all rookie campaign started early. There
1: you go. We uh, have Believe in Wizards Bilal Koulibaly merch for anyone who wants a Washington Wizards uh, with the Eiffel Tower instead of the Washington Monument on the logo. So go to the website uh, if you want some swag. But uh, yeah, love the guy. I can't wait to see where this goes in a couple of years. And, and I'm just going to focus on that for the time being here um troy thank you again for taking an hour out of your day to do this on a saturday thank you to everybody listening uh, troy first of all where can people find your work and give us the social media handles here too
0: okay uh troy uh, Troy is is where they can find my work uh, I just rebranded it as ideal taste DC and so uh, I plan on you know giving a lot more sports coverage uh in 2024 as far as uh, the wizards and you know different things such as Georgetown basketball uh, mm-hmm. Howard men's basketball uh you know just just to really tap into you know the the the, the real love of the hoop game in the district. And so they can also find me on Twitter at Troy Halibur, H-A-L-I-B-U-R. That's where I like to uh, put forth a a lot of my takes uh, on on D.C. sports, D.C. politics and just all other type of uh, intellectual musings.
1: If you are somehow listening to the show and not already following Troy, I would strongly, strongly recommend doing so. It's uh, just a great follow because, again, you do diversify outside of just here's who scored what. Uh, things and, and retweeting the box score, so I appreciate all the extra analysis and commentary. And again, uh, just your time and your perspective on all this stuff. Uh, you were the first person I thought of to have this convo with, so um, thanks for making it work.
0: Yeah, I greatly appreciate it, Matt. And, and shout out to Thank you me. for for expanding your coverage, right? I love, thanks. shout out, I loved one of my favorite interviews from you this last year was the one that you did with Steve Turner from uh, my yeah. alma mater, Gonzaga College High School. Like, I, I definitely was a big fan of that and and you know, highlighting one what I believe is one of the more underrated high school basketball coaches in the country. So shout out to you and in, in diving into a lot more uh, DMV hoop coverage.
1: We're actually going to unite the DMV with this coverage, Troy. None of this, uh, this uh, separate us bullshit. So uh, definitely trying. Thanks, man. Being... Yep. All right, everybody. Thanks again for uh, joining. Like I said, hit the like button, subscribe button, all good stuff. Leave us a review. We we'll always appreciate that. Uh, We're presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you all next time.